1: 3 We're answering a listener dynasty question and navigating a lightning round on Roto-Viz Radio. What's
2: up,
0: viz
1: Welcome into the Roto-Viz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at roto ready to break down one of these listener questions that we love, focusing largely on Dynasty. This episode, we are going to lead off here making sense of a squad that does not know what to do. But before we do that, Curtis, how are you doing, my friend?
2: Doing great, man. Uh it's hard to believe we're into the double digit weeks of the season. Week eleven. I mean, it's like we blinked and we're you know, we're in the back half here. Um, you know, we're through a lot of a lot of buys. It's just a little bit of little bit of bye week activity to navigate here as we uh careen towards the playoffs, but Uh, Man, it's been been a lot of fun, have some competitive teams, have a lot of happy subscribers and uh, yeah, bringing it home over these next four weeks or so as we prepare for the playoffs, just going to be a lot of fun.
1: All right. So this question is sent in from Jesse. I am going to read the email verbatim. What's up, fellas? Dig the show. I have a bit of a dilemma on my hands and I'm wondering what some tuned in fantasy heads would do. I'm in a 14 team super flex PPR two point Titan premium 0.5 point per rush slash reception first down dynasty league. Also, there's an extra game against the mean each week. A lot going on there. Yeah, Uh, I'm going to (laughs) interject. Then he goes. (laughs) it's It's a lot to break down. We start one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, two tight ends, three flex, one super flex. My current starting lineup goes Dak, Damian Harris, James Conner, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, CeeDee Lamb, Dallas Goddard, Tyler Conklin, Cortland Sutton, Traequan Smith, Tyler Johnson, and Ty Johnson. I have Chris Carson and Fitzmagic on IR. I went somewhat zero running back waiting until the seventh to get Carson as my first back and hammered wide receiver early. I'm seven and 11 top seven seeds make the playoffs current seven seed is 10 and eight. Now keep in mind that there, you can pick up two wins in a week. So that might not be as large of a gap as, as you're thinking when you just look at the, the Delta between 10 and seven ever since losing fits, I've been trying to trade for a quarterback, but owners won't budge outside of overpays. Should I bite the bullet and go all in on a quarterback or just ride it out? I have all my rookie picks. So when I read off that, that lineup, Curtis, that actually felt pretty good. Um, I realized, though, that some of the challenge in a league like this is the number of players that you're starting with the three flex. It kind of falls off at Traquan Smith, Tyler Johnson, and Ty Johnson. But in a 14-team league, I'm not surprised that you're going to have players like that in the lineup. That doesn't feel like an insurmountable comeback to make uh in, in my opinion but as we read through that and, and you listened to uh to me break it down there quickly wh- where's your head at
2: yeah this is i mean there's some layers to this um so first just kind of going back to the fact that it's a 14 team super flex league um so it's it's not unfathomable that a team that would win this league would potentially not be starting two quarterbacks but in order to do that um, you would have to be really stacked, uh, really stacked at more than one position, probably, or just just incredibly insurmountably overstacked, um, at wide receiver, uh, because you can't start, you could start seven wide receivers in this league, um, <laughs> and uh, you know if you had the PPR monsters with the with the half point per rusher receiving first down, um, you know a combination of Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, Najee Harris or something like that would just be or DeAndre Swift would be really dirty as well. Um, we see, you know, relative running back weakness here. Um, you know, Damian Harris is is only producing in one side of the scoring equation here. James Conner really is only producing in one side of the scoring equation here. And you have a dirty trio of starting wide receivers. A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, um, C.D. Lamb you know but we missed a couple of weeks with DK the Seattle offense is kind of sputtering like it did last year midseason um the Titans offense is in transition so um it's not like Metcalf and Brown have been you know on on lock and CD Lamb has had some real snoozers as well um to bar from our uh Monday night show um so you know there's just there's a there's a lot of exciting uh, and in particular Dak AJ Brown DK Metcalf and CD Lamb are very exciting Assets in a league like this, and then even with the two point tight end premium, Dallas Goddard um, is a pretty good, uh, a pretty good asset here. Cortland Sutton, I think, um, is probably underrated in a league like this. But there's there is a lot of weakness in the starting lineup. We're starting twelve in a fourteen team league. Traquan, Ty Johnson, and Tyler Johnson. I mean, those are. Those are potential, you know, zeros or sub five point scores in any given week. And, you know, saying that we have Chris Carson and Ryan Fitzpatrick on IR is, you know, Chris Carson honestly is probably more exciting coming on, off of uh, of IR um, than Fitzpatrick, because I'm not sure Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point would automatically get the starting gig back Um I think the last piece of information he gave us is that we've, we've got all our rookie picks for next year. So, so we're trailing three games and we got a couple of weeks here to go. We've got all our rookie picks. I I just think even if, you know, you traded your whole pick set for a middling, you know, quarterback, maybe, maybe you went out and got, maybe not even a middling. You could, you could potentially get somebody like, you know, Matt Stafford for an entire pick set. If you, you know, if you wanted to add like, a second from the 2023 class as well. I mean, that would be like the type of deal to go do, but I don't feel like that type of move would really put this team over the top. So to go get like a truly elite quarterback, you're going to have to give enough from your starting lineup that we we create some weakness. We already know that we don't have any depth. I just don't see it. I think your options are to ride it out, um, to ride it out, starting your best lineup in good faith, trying to compete. And, you know, if if things... Happen for you, Um, and then you get Chris Carson back, and Ryan Fitzpatrick um, magically comes off of IR, and he does get that starting gig back, and Chris Carson becomes a bell cow right away. Then you know you thread the needle, and and maybe you can get something special done. Um, I would actually be more inclined to move on from some pieces. Um, I would be interested in trading James Conner away here. I would be interested. In trading Damian Harris um, as well, because you know he's just not the type of back that's going to maximize your your weekly ceiling in this type of league. So I'm moving on from those pieces. You can probably get second rounders, you know, for each one of them, high second rounders potentially, or you know, a second and a third from a, a competing team. Um, the the second that Chris Carson comes back, you know, you could also trade him for something like that. You could even trade it. This is a deep starting lineup league. You could even potentially package Harris and Connor. Um, you know, for, for a first in plus uh, possibly to a team that's, you know, in the top four, but, you know, trailing that, that alpha owner, I'm, I'm really probably looking to sell, um, get some more rookies. You need to really, you know, you really need to build a team in a league like this through the rookie draft. That is a way that you will um, amass the depth that you need to last an 18 game season 17 game season, 18 week season rather, and um, and to have sustainable success year over year. Um, I'm gonna pause before some comments about next year's rookie class, Dave. Um, do you do you see this alternative? I mean, do you see this from a different view? I mean, do you think that there's enough to to make a run here? Um, and if so, what would the move be?
1: No, I, I don't think so. I mean, what this comes down to for me when I look at this team is we know that in order for this team to even make the playoffs, we need some things to go the right way. Let alone once you're in the playoffs, judging from this roster, even if you get there, the probability that this team wins in the playoffs is very low, even if we add another decent piece at quarterback. So given those odds, I just don't think it makes sense to try and make a play for this team to make a strong push. And I think that you can take advantage of the fact that, uh, You've, if you come to terms with this, start moving some of the pieces, like you said, and looking toward the future. There are, as you said, a number of players in this roster that I think work well That for, for the purposes of moving to teams that feel like they're competing right now. Um, and like you said, in a league like this, you're going to need the depth. So you got to start addressing that by getting those rookie picks. So I, I'm completely on board with that. I'm going to say that there's not even much of a decision for me here. This team needs to move on, start looking to the future.
2: Yeah. And so I think moving some of those pieces for those second rounders is going to give you a lot of flexibility in next year's draft. Um, You know, I'm kind of seeing a lot of the same sentiments that we, we hear in dynasty pretty much every year that there's not like a Saquon Barkley level prospect coming out, which is, you know, after last year's class came out, it was, you know, 22, 2022 class is going to stink. Um, move all your picks for 2023. And then as the season goes on and college football gets played, you know, new names arise um, and replace, you know, some of the, you know, some of the underclassmen that declared early. And all of a sudden it looks like, you know, I don't know if it, anyone's going to say it's a lead at the top, um, but there could be a lot of depth, especially in in super flex leagues, um, you know, which is is your situation here. You know, we're we're talking about you know potentially like five first round quarterbacks next season, um, maybe seven or eight within the first um, two rounds of the actual NFL draft. So There's gonna be a lot of super flex darts that you can throw, and in particular, getting those picks in the top 18 gives you a lot of flexibility to move up and around uh, your dynasty rookie draft. So I, I love the idea with your quarterback weakness, trying to collect you know as you know, a, a full fistful of, uh, of rookie picks, um, for next year and trying to draft two quarterbacks. I think that's going to solve your problem. Um, you know, you hit on one, you know, maybe Fitzpatrick starts a few more games for you next year as a bridge. Um, but you need, you're going to have to find that long-term person that you can pair with Dak and then, um, just continuing to, um, draft, uh, you know, when it doesn't make sense to draft the quarterback. Um, draft those wide receivers in the first round and those running backs in the second round, just continue to build out that depth. So, um, you know, James Connor is a fun story this year, but I don't think he's got, you know, a long, um, a long, you know, elite future ahead of him in the NFL. Um, but he could be a pretty valuable piece to somebody who's competing and might feel like they're just that, that RB two away uh, in their lineup. So that's probably the best chip that you have to dangle now um, with Ramond Stevenson's, um, week ten performance. Uh, I think Damian Harris's stock has probably taken a small hit. Um, so I, I, I would probably pedal James Connor and see where you can go from there.
1: So one thing that I think is worth just tossing out here quickly as we start thinking about rookie picks, um, acquiring them, perhaps moving them. Uh, obviously, we know that. When the rookie draft or when the NFL draft comes up, that's when you know these these rookie picks are going to carry some of their highest value. At a point like this in the year, Curtis, um, how much, given you know your experience trading, of how much of a uh, of a discount versus you know peak draft season, would you say that uh, rookie picks are at right now?
2: Um, it's still pretty decent because there's enough of the season left that those points are going to be scored this year are worth an awful lot. Um, yep. to managers in the league. So, you know, especially um, you know, I think that the interesting dynamic too is there's still enough of the season left that unless somebody is in like clear tank mode, it's not yep. really certain who the 101 in a lot of leagues is gonna be. Um and and especially I think, you know, 102 through 105, 106, a lot can happen between now and the end of the season. And so, trading for some of those picks that look like look like they're on the playoff fringe—you never know what could happen with one of those rosters. It could accrue, you know, that pick could accrue a lot of value between now um, and rookie draft season. So, it always it always stinks, um, you know, to trade away production in the season. But when it's a player that is past his value peak, is past his age peak. Um, and is overperforming vastly due, you know, based uh, or versus expectations in the preseason. Those are just clear sell opportunities. So I know we're talking about this specific roster here, and I think this is a player that we're going to talk about in, in the little mini game that you have set up today. But a player like James Conner, a player like Cordero Patterson, you know, those are players that are not going to become more valuable. And as as great of a story as they are, and as much as we like them from a you know, redraft zero RB perspective um, or even, you know, th- they are dynasty difference makers in, in a one year window this year, but those aren't the types of players that, you know, we're clinging to if if we can move them to a contender who's willing to give up, you know, really substantial draft capital. So, um, you know, pairing your third with one of those players trying to get a first, the, like those are the types of moves that they can really set you up for success in the future. And of a 14 team league, that starting 12, you probably have huge benches. There's just nothing on the waiver wire in this league. That that is that's the other thing that we haven't talked about. I mean, yes. You're just you're just not gonna improve this team via the waiver waiver wire. I mean, there's just no way. So rookie picks are worth more. Um, In this format, more than a traditional 12 teamer where you're rostering 20 to 24 players and starting, you know, nine to 11, that that type of very traditional familiar dynasty format, the the level of difficulty to build a sustainable winner in this league. I mean, the degree of difficulty is, I mean, it's it's high. (laughs) It's high for this listener. So, I mean, I love the question. um, And, you know, it it seems like we got a a pretty clear um, sell. To sell, to just wait and see a week. Um, I guess advisory from both Dave and I, um, with both of us probably leaning towards sell. Um, I wouldn't wait too much longer because the last two weeks we've been talking about, hey, wait and see what you know, wait and see what happens, wait and see what happens. If we get too far out, um, your potential trade partners are going to start to dwindle now, Um, because now you need those teams in the middle to feel like they have enough time um, to make up the ground that they need or to separate and be clear playoff locks. If, if we, if we miss our window, then, you know, you're really just dealing with the potential playoff trade partners and, you know, they, they can just, you know, they basically cornered the market and are, you know, um, you know, that they're, even if they're not actually colluding, you know, they can kind of be working together, waiting to see what types of moves each other make. They're kind of setting the market, um, whereas right now you have the power, you have these valuable assets, and you can set the market,
1: yep and, and the final thing I'll note there too is um, if you're somebody that hasn't played in a lot of dynasty leagues yet and you've been slowly adding them, one thing that you have to keep in mind is, and I'm glad that this question got brought up because in a league like this, the later round picks because they're kind of in a way acting like your waiver wire are a lot more valuable than you might have in some leagues. So in some leagues, like if you might consider like a fifth, sixth or seventh round to really have no value, just be careful that you're not carrying that valuation over into a league where that really isn't the case. So but, Dave,
2: so Dave, before we, oh, mini, yep. yeah, before we do the mini game, I saw you, you were uh, going to be the quick draw on the uh, sound drop there. Um, during, <laughs> during the recording here, I actually had a trade come in. Um okay. so let's just this one should you know I think it'll be quicker than this other one. So yep. I'm doing I'm doing very well uh in in most of my dynasty leagues. It looks like I'll probably only miss the playoffs, you know, maybe in one out of um 15 leagues, maybe two. Um and th- this trade comes to me in a league where it looks like I'm probably going to miss the playoffs. It's actually one of the the $250 kind of standard um FFPC dynasty leagues. It's not super flex. It's one I've been in for a couple of years. I have won this league in the past. Um, yep. this year just didn't, just didn't go my way. And, uh, I, I have this offer that's come in. Um, it's for my Alvin Kamara and Zach Moss, my team's three and seven. I would need everything to go right. Um, yep. what's being offered to me is Dalvin cook. Now Dalvin cook, we've had all the media stuff come out, um, about, you know, this altercation, um, between him and, uh, former, I, I think former, um, girlfriend at this point. Um, it's been a minute since I've read the story, but former romantic interest, uh, actually she may have been stepping out on her significant other. So I think there's some di- dynamics there. The, the police reports, I mean, these are old, like this isn't actually new news. It's just popping up in social media circles again, um, because of some DMS, but be- between him, uh, and the, and the female in question, um, so there's some, there's additional risk associated with Dalvin Cook versus Alvin Kamara. I mean, even though they're similar ages, um, similar like production level at this point, Dalvin Cook's, I mean, for sure a more risky asset. But this this manager looks headed for the 102, pretty much locked in. So he's offering his, his first round pick with this. So it's it's Dalvin Cook and next year's 102
0: Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three point five million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a seventy five dollar sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash blue wire. Just go to indeed.comslash blue wire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast
2: to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
1: Okay. This is a very,
2: very interesting one. And this is single QB. Um, this is single QB. This is not a super flex league.
1: Single QB. So the way I kind of look at this is I think that Alvin is one or two seasons away from approaching very minimal value. So the first round pick in this case to me is, by and large, the most valuable piece involved. Zach Moss has some value. You could say that actually, if we give the discount to Cook, they're fairly similar. I, I am expecting that we're going to see Cook. I, I think that there's definitely going to be some disciplinary action, at least from what I have read into, not that I have you know a legal background or anything like that, but from some of the things that I've seen from people that do this does not look like a good situation. Um, so I actually, you know, this is one of those where it might feel like you're taking on more risk, but with the 102 in mind, I actually don't hate this deal for you for a team that isn't going to compete this year. Uh, we've seen the bills running game, not really performing that well this year. Um, you know, Moss doesn't look like the type of player that's going to be able to get a role that he's going to step into completely control his team's backfield so i don't hate that deal i actually think it could make sense without knowing the entire context of the rest of your roster
2: yeah it's pretty easy to run down the rest of the roster because again this is a one of the shallow format ffpc um squads you're still starting a, a place kicker in the team defense and only you're really only starting um uh it's it's a total of eight position players with one quarterback. So uh start two running backs, start two wide receiver with two flex, um beyond Camara and Moss, not much to speak of at running back on the squad. I've got mm-hmm. uh Rojo and Rashad Penny uh as the depth, and then Darrington Evans. So really nothing behind either one of them. Um this is a team in tight end movement that has Mark Andrews and P- Pat Fryermuth. And then wide receiver is pretty strong with Stefan Diggs and Amari Cooper in those uh, starting spots. And then a rotation of uh, Cole Beasley, Rondell Moore, Terrace Marshall, um, you know Juju, Will Fuller, et cetera. Um, some of those players injured and not available, but uh, very deep at, at the wide receiver position. So yeah, it's one I'm going to have to think about. Um, very few trades that just come into my box that I'm willing to accept as is, um, but I'm not sure there's really a clear pivot looking at our roster. So it might be one that I actually just accept Um, you know, I haven't seen, um, I really haven't seen any more media coverage of the Dalvin cook situation, uh, in the last week after the woman filed the original, I I guess the, the lawsuit, um, there haven't really been any updates like from the league, from the Dalvin cook camp, et cetera. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting one to watch. Obviously this has gone, uh, if, you know, if, if the allegations are true, Dalvin Cook's like not a player that I'd be pumped about having on my roster. Um, But, but also, you know, this stuff is happening, you know, throughout the league. And there's a lot of instances where it's happening. We just don't know about it. And so, you know, my people play the domestic violence angle differently in fantasy. And I don't think there's a wrong way or a right way. Um, But I don't think, you know, we play this game, um, I, there's not a lot of, I think, moral, um, or ethical consideration for me in playing fantasy football. You know, I'm playing a game that emulates another game. Um, and I, am it's really just, you know, chasing the data for me. So I have plenty of exposure to Tyree kill, for example. Uh, I still have da- Deshaun Watson on many of my rosters and I, I'm not going to trade, specifically for Dalvin Cook because of this potential depressed value situation. But I don't, I'm not sure that, you know, the the allegation out here um, matters to me, you know, maybe as much as it would uh, to others, even on our own site. We we definitely have a few um, people on our ownership, our ownership team here at RotoViz that, that may be, you know, devaluing Cook aggressively um, based off of these, uh, these allegations. So a lot to unpack there. Um, But I think Cook is a player that if if you do like to buy the discount in this type of situation, um he he is a player that you know could make sense to to go uh purchase as well um and dynasty and make and make a move there. So all right, let's get on to the mini games.
1: All right, let's do it. All right, Curtis, time for a lightning round. All right. This is a slightly ridiculous game, but every once in a while I enjoy adding a slightly ridiculous game into right. the mix. So as we're recording this on a Tuesday night, why not? Let's do it. I want you to give me, I'm going to list you two players and I want you to tell me if it was an easy decision, moderately difficult, or a very hard decision Mm. for you to pick one of these players that you would rather have in Dynasty.
2: Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Your boy, Hollywood Brown or Keenan Allen?
2: Uh, Marquise Brown, easy decision. (laughs) I mean, we've, we've got, we've got, we've got age, uh, we've got, uh, you know, a pretty equivalent production at this point. Um, they, they're both tied to young quarterbacks. I mean, the age tiebreaker is really huge here for, for Hollywood.
1: Yep. Yeah. We don't need any more than that. After all, it is a lightning round. People at this point in the season know if they listen to us, they normally get a long analysis. We don't need that with these. The other one. This is kind of just for fun. It's a similar question. Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill.
2: So I'll start by saying it's very hard. Um, it's, yeah, I, I will lean. I will lean to Jamar Chase ever so slightly.
1: Okay. Can you actually? I, I know I just said we we're going to try to rifle through these. Can you break down though why this isn't moderate or easy? One would just think that the trajectory we've seen so far from Chase so early on in, in his career. Now Tyreek Hill probably still has a couple of years, but when you're looking at that age gap, you would think that uh it would make the decision an easy one.
2: Yeah. Um there's just a larger sample size for Tyreek Hill. Um, and with Travis Kelsey, you know, continuing to age, I still think like entering this season, I felt pretty strongly that before Tyreek's Uh, career was over, we're going to get like a legendary all-timer level season from him. There's going to be a season where I think he's going to get 10 plus targets a game and 10 plus targets from Pat Mahomes uh, to a Tyreek Hill level player. Um, Like, I, you know, I think it's going to be special. Like, I mean, I think he's one of the players in the league that could potentially amass 2000 receiving yards. Like if anyone is going to do it, he's on that very short list. And he won't need the type of volume that Cooper Cup's getting this year to do it. Um, but if he did get that <laughs> volume, it would just be legendary. So, um, I, you know, I want to be tied to Tyreek when that happens. Um, and, you know, I think in the next three seasons, it definitely could. Um, Jamar Chase looks very, very special. The bond with Burrow, obviously well documented. Um, but I think, uh, you know, with with T. Higgins, um, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd uh, has become kind of a non-factor um, but the team, you know, it seems to just be redirecting some of that uh, work to CJ Uzoma. Um, I think actually Cincinnati's a more exciting offense overall in terms of the other pieces surrounding Chase. And to me, Kansas City just feels like a Hill and Kelsey funnel still. Um, and so I still think he's a little bit safer of an asset. Um, and he's the type of player that's going to continue to produce into his early 30s. So. You know, if if you play in a two or three year window, I really don't think the value between these two players is, is very different um, today. Although, you know, obviously most dynasty players will give a huge uh, age tiebreaker to Jamar Chase. Um, At the end of the day, we've seen a special half season from Jamar Chase. We've seen a special, you know, four seasons from Tyreek Hill.
1: Yeah, I think that's a perfectly fair point you made on the, the length of the window that a lot of players say they're playing through, which is generally two to three years. The other thing, too, that one could point to here was Jamar Chase has been helped out a lot by touchdowns this year. Oh, yeah. uh, I think he's good enough that that continues, but I do think that it's a pace that would be hard for him to sustain, which he could do, but I think that would be one of the arguments that you can make against him. All right, bringing up his teammate, uh, T. Higgins or Jalen Waddle.
2: Hmm. I'll say moderately difficult. Okay, so we have an easy, we have a very hard, and now we have a moderate. I'm gonna say moderately difficult because I did pause for a second. Um, but I'm gonna go Jalen Waddle here, uh, because I do think um the tiebreaker goes that direction because of the opportunity to be, you know, the the true team alpha um target uh target hog there. Whereas T Higgins um should have a lower degree of difficulty with Jamar Chase soaking up all that attention. Um, But I think he's going to be less projectable, you know, week to week uh, for fantasy purposes.
1: I dig it. All right. Final one, Uh, Cordaro Patterson or James Robinson?
2: (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, mm. Jeez. Yeah, that's. I actually think it's uh, pretty hard. Um yeah, it is. I think it, it it probably depends on my team. If I'm in win now mode, I think I actually prefer Cordero Patterson. Uh he's having a pretty special season. Um if if I'm not like a top three seed in my league, maybe I lean to James Robinson. So I'm gonna say moderately difficult. Um and it's it's team context. If I was just ranking them for pure dynasty uh purposes, I actually think I would rank Cordell Patterson above James Washington because of the single year value difference. Uh, Next year, I think Travis Etienne um, will eat into James Robinson's value. We'll be right back where we were before this season.
1: Yeah, yeah. One thing I was going to say too is, uh, you know, right now you have one player at an absolute peak point in value who's like under like this, uh, you know, special aura right now. And then you have another player that's kind of in a situation that's put a little bit of a stench on him, even if it's not deserved. I think just via being in the Jacksonville area right Ooh. now as a professional football player just does not help. All right, Curtis. Fun stuff as always. We will be back on Friday. In the meantime, if any of our listeners have questions, please send them to us. I list that all off in the drop at the end of the show. And Curtis, just be ready because we we're gonna need some inspiration on Friday as you take us into the weekend. So I'm just telling you right now that you need to start thinking about that.
2: I'll totally be ready. Um, I, I I was I was so yeah. I, I was pretty bushed last week, so I I will bring the heat. I'll bring the fire. And uh, oh, let's make a note too. Let's check back in and and see if I accepted this uh, Camaro for Cook trade.
1: Oh yes, yes for sure. All right, everybody. We will see you Friday.